0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: The Indianapolis Colts apparently willing to part ways with Jonathan Taylor because. They don't want to step up and pay him. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Joe Fortenbaugh at Joe Fortenbaugh. Amber Wilson at Amber W Sports. You can also always join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN. So we got the news a couple hours ago that the Indianapolis Colts, they are giving permission to running back Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. Our very own Adam Schefter was on the 6 p.m. Sports Center breaking the news.
2: Now, there are teams around the league who have been notified that the Colts are willing to trade Jonathan Taylor for the right price, whatever that may be. You're talking about a standout 24-year-old running back that the Colts envisioned
0: helping their first-round draft pick Anthony Richardson. So, it's not like they're looking to just unload him and I don't think that they would trade him just to trade him. They're going to be looking for a
2: significant offer and we can go back and look at the history of running back trades. Just last year, the Carolina of Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers for second, third, fourth, and fifth round draft picks, which you can make the argument when all that draft compensation is put together, that almost amounts to the cost of a first round draft pick. And I think the Colts are going to be looking for significant compensation in return for Jonathan Taylor.
1: So they are looking for compensation. They'll be looking for either a first rounder or multiple picks in order to equate to a first rounder. It is a hefty asking price. I can't imagine anybody trading a first rounder for a running back period. And that's not a Jonathan Taylor thing. That's any running back in the league. But we did see that compensation for Christian McCaffrey. And what's interesting about Shefty bringing that up is I actually feel like, in hindsight, a good deal for both teams. You know, like if you're the 49ers, you're trying to capitalize and win now. McCaffrey ends up being pivotal to your offense last year. I mean, he's throwing damn passes for you (laughs) in an NFC championship game, although that wasn't the plan. But also from the Carolina perspective, you go ahead, you take on a bunch of picks when you're in a build now sort of situation. The Indianapolis Colts are in that mode. They have a rookie at quarterback, they are not going to be winning a Super Bowl this season. Why not try to get a bunch of things in return?
2: If they could get the two, three, four that Carolina got, and then there was a fifth the following year that Carolina got as well from San Francisco, go for it. You're just really limited into how many teams out there would be willing to do that because it fits what they're trying to do. I don't think anybody in a rebuild is looking to acquire Jonathan Taylor. I don't think anyone in the middle tier is looking to acquire Jonathan Taylor. If you're going to make this investment, which generally comes with giving up picks and then shelling out for a new contract, you're probably going to be something, like you said, in win-now mode. Like You're right there. You feel like he's the guy that puts you over the top. That's how the situation was with the Niners. McCaffrey fits perfectly into what a guy like Kyle Shanahan wants to do. He can use him in a multitude of ways. Christian McCaffrey's value of the 49ers might be greater than it would be to any other team just based on his skill set and what his head coach can get out of him. I don't know if it fits the same way with Taylor anywhere else. But, I mean, in terms of a first-round pick, that's off the table. If that's what it's going to cost, I'll take that same first-round pick and I'll use it on a running back in next year's draft, and I'll have that guy for five years with the option, sixth year on the franchise tag, and boom. I'm going to get six solid years out of production if the guy stays healthy at a very reasonable rate. That's the problem with the position now. He's trying to get paid, and on top of it, if he's going to get traded, it's going to cost a bunch of capital. And I just don't see how many teams out there would be willing to make that move.
1: We know one team that may be very willing to make that move, and that is my Miami Dolphins. Barry Jackson and the Miami Herald are reporting that the Miami Dolphins are going to at least consider the trade, so they will be having trade talks with Indianapolis. Barry Jackson went on to say on Twitter that age is a very important factor with this Dolphins regime at certain positions with regard to what they're willing to pay. Taylor is 24. Delvin Cook is 28. So... They were in discussions with Delvin Cook, but remember there was only so high when they put the deal on the table for Delvin Cook that they were willing to go. It appears the Jets' deal was higher than the Dolphins were willing to go. They weren't even willing to match it. Even though he's going to a division rival, Delvin Cook ends up with the New York Jets. So Barry Jackson's saying that's an age thing. The Jonathan Taylor discussion is a different one because Jonathan Taylor's only 24 years old. He went on to point out that when elite players become available in trade talks, that Chris Greer has been diligent and aggressive, the Dolphins' GM. If you think about it with Tyreek Hill, you think about it with Jalen Ramsey. We have seen it from this Dolphins organization before. And then he also went on to say that if, God forbid, Tua gets hurt again, how do you protect yourself, have two very, very you know great active running backs in a good running back room there to try to help that situation out in Miami? So it sounds like... From the Miami Herald, and frankly, even what I had heard on the low a few days ago, it sounds like the Dolphins very particularly interested in Jonathan Taylor.
2: I wonder what they'd be willing to give up, because it's going to cost more than the deal Cook got, obviously because he's younger, but you're also going to have to give up the draft pick compensation, which the Jets didn't have to give up for Dalvin Cook. Miami's in a unique spot because they've got a quarterback that they like, but they're probably not sold will be their long-term answer because of the injury concerns. So if you're now thinking in the mindset of, well, we might actually not be paying to a big money one day because he might not turn out to be the guy you want to invest in something like this. All right. That's now on the table. But after that, you still have to figure out the quarterback position. So maybe it's a situation with Tua where he's not getting that long-term deal. He's going to They could end up treating him like people treat running backs, where they exercise the fifth, they take him all the way out through that, they put a franchise tag on him, and then eventually he either avoids the injuries or he gets injured enough where he can't play anymore and they have to move on anyway. Yeah, Fascinating I mean, uh, role reversal right there. They
1: already picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah, so of there you they- go. What they weren't willing to do was extend Tua Tagovailoa right now until they have a better sense of how durable he is and whether he can stay on the field for them for an entire season or nearly an entire season down there in Miami. But the situation with Tua, in my opinion, is all the more reason that you wouldn't want to give up a first-rounder, right? I mean, you've, you can't give up first-rounders here over the next few years if you're going to end up with a quarterback problem, potentially, if you're the Miami Dolphins. And then also, even with just the bevy of picks, like you're going to need a lot of picks if you were to try to address that quarterback situation because you're not going to be bad enough where your first rounder is going to be enough to draft one of these elite quarterbacks coming out of the draft. Because by all accounts, even if Tua goes down, I mean, the Dolphins would still be pretty decent. So it's an interesting situation. I do think the Dolphins find themselves in a division with the Buffalo Bills and now the New York Jets. And so if you're trying to keep up With the Jets and the Jets just got Richer the rich just got richer by signing Dalvin cook this is your way to counteract That because if they had just if the Jets had just waited one more week and our producer tonight, Sam, he's a Jets fan. He's like, well, come on, guys. You couldn't just wait one more week until I, Jonathan just one Taylor week becomes all available? I, just one week.
2: I, I think I would venture to guess that the Jets have inquired with the Colts about Jonathan Taylor. I don't think it was one of these things where there was no conversation whatsoever, and then all of a sudden it's just the worst stroke of luck. They had probably talked. <laughs> the Jets probably had an idea of what it's it might cost Jets. and figured I don't they couldn't know. wait.
1: It's the Jets. I wouldn't put it back. All right,
3: I I allowed this slander at the forty-five, but we're we're not going to keep it going at eight o'clock.
1: There's no slander. There's no slander.
2: You're doing fine. You can be optimistic. Jets fans, just take it easy. The season hasn't even started yet. You can't be a bad team and then be all fired up before the year starts and get mad when there's any criticism whatsoever. you got to go out and earn it first. Win a few games. And I'm going to tell you, if they lose that Buffalo game and then they go to Dallas and lose in week two, none of y'all are going to be happy. You guys are going to be burning that city to the ground.
1: Well, and I tell you what, if they're facing the Miami Dolphins a couple times and the Miami Dolphins have JT in the backfield, then their jobs just got a lot harder there in New York. But we will see if that comes to Fruition, or maybe Indy could just be using all of this to try to show Jonathan Taylor, hey, nobody wants to pay you. <laughs> all right. Like, this is the running back situation. Very true. Go ahead and put the deal that we put on the table for you, whatever that may be in their negotiations. Maybe this is just a negotiation ploy from Indianapolis. Coming up next to play or not to play? That is the question. We will explain. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app.
0: pass throws a deep ball down the field it's caught one hand jungle job it's caught Palmer by Palmer Trey Palmer for the second week in a row
3: obviously you want to take advantage of any reps you can get especially you know in the preseason Young play action
0: rolls to his right has plenty of time now he'll take off and run and scampers across the 30 out of bounds at the 31 Bryce Young's size obviously raises questions about pressure but even if he was 6'3 or 6'4 I would still be worried watching him deal with the level of pressure he has faced thus far
1: You heard Kyle Trask there, Joe, on the way in, right? 20 for 28, 218 yards, a touchdown from my guy. Go Gators.
2: Zay Flowers was looking good right there. He's looking real good. I don't think you're going to need to play him anymore tonight. Had a huge career at Boston College, one of the newest weapons for Lamar Jackson. This Baltimore offense is going to have a lot of guys to rely on this year.
1: Yeah, right now the Ravens are in action with the Washington Commanders. The Ravens up 7-0 on the Commanders thanks to that 26-yard reception from Zay Flowers. So no Lamar Jackson in this one, not even Tyler Huntley in this one, but Lamar Jackson's new fancy weapons around him already showing up here in the preseason, as I think a lot of us expected. Zay Flowers would. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Yes, Brent. ESPN radio, there you go, is presented to you by (laughs) Progressive Insurance. So, young quarterbacks, should they play? Is it better when you're in the Jordan love experience and you get to sit behind somebody for years before you get brought in, or even a Patrick Mahomes who doesn't start out of the gate, or is it better to just throw them out there like you're doing? If you're the Indianapolis Colts with Anthony Richardson, Mike Tannenbaum ESPN's NFL front office insider was on best week ever. And he was hypercritical of the decision that Indy is making with their quarterback. I
4: think it's the wrong decision. You know, he's started 13 games. And again, I'm just hard pressed to understand what the rush is. You know, the Colts aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. No one's expecting that. So if they win three games, five games, seven games, what, what Why does it matter? And, you know, I've been around quarterbacks for a long, long time. And they will tell you that to have a mastery level of protections and understand the nuances of it just takes a long time. And Look, it's a contact sport. We're going to have the injuries. You know, we've touched on that already. But if he takes one hit where, you know, he felt like the blitz was accounted for and it wasn't, that, that that's one hit too many, in my opinion. And, you know, they have Gardner Minshew, who, who isn't great, but he's pretty good. And let him sit for whatever it is, two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. Let him understand everything that goes into an NFL game and the differences. And I don't understand why we have to rush these rookie quarterbacks out and start on an opening day.
1: I'm really torn about this one when it comes to what they're doing with AR, Joe, because I kind of like it. And I know that he did not get many many opportunities to start in college. And I've talked about it as a Gators fan on this show, how frustrating the Anthony Richardson experience was because over the course of that season, it would go from the highest highs to the lowest lows all within a game and you'd think he was winning the Heisman uh, week one or week zero, whatever it was when we played Utah and the next week, you'd think he was like the worst quarterback in, in the entire FBS. And that was the experience with him. However, because of that, there's a part of me that thinks That he just needs to get out there and do it. That he just needs the game reps. That he just sort of does, with all of that incredible physical talent, need to be thrown into the wildfire. And that isn't always my attitude by any means, but I feel like experience is what he needs, and there's only one way you can truly get that.
2: We seemingly have this conversation every year because there's always a young quarterback who's getting the nod, so it's an opportunity to have the discussion on Sports Talk Radio or TV. Should they start him or should they rest? And the famous rest examples, Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre, Favre, excuse me, other guys that have just come out then on the other side of the equation, play in year one and look good, right? The the answer is there's no blanket answer to this. It's a case-by-case Evaluation. And that's the most important word. Evaluation. How good are your evaluators when it comes to the person they have in their, in their, on their roster? Like with Anthony Richardson, Tannenbaum's right that if he doesn't understand protections and he doesn't understand opposing defenses and he can't check out of the, the wrong play and get into a right one and do it quickly and do it efficiently, then take some time. You're not in a rush. But if he's demonstrating that he can do all that, get him out there. Because you have a four-year-old. I have a six and a four-year-old. They're not going to learn anything being wrapped in bubbles and Mm -hmm. kept in a room so they can't experience any of the world. That's what right. needs to happen. That's how people grow. That's how people deal with adversity, and then they learn to overcome it. Get out there, fall down, get knocked down, and then more importantly, learn to pick yourself back up. So I think it comes down to, one, what's your understanding and mastery level of the offense in question, and then, two, your psycho- your psychological profile. How resilient are you? Because if a guy's a little bit shakier with his confidence, I might be a little less inclined to get him out there early because you don't want to break that confidence and then watch the guy disappear.
1: I don't love what's happening here in Indy with Jonathan Taylor because I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to be a huge boost there for Anthony Richardson and really help and help take some of that pressure off Anthony Richardson help open up lanes there for Anthony Richardson when the defense has to key in on Jonathan Taylor or vice versa and just having that help in the backfield but also having some of that extra protection there as well I thought all of that was going to be key for a rookie quarterback having an all pro running back on that team as well and now Indianapolis is allowing Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade now this could be a negotiating tactic and perhaps he ends up spending the season with the Colts and all of this is for naught. but it does make me wonder are they putting their quarterback their rookie quarterback in the best position to exceed succeed rather schematically, Anthony Richardson, I think, is a beautiful fit there in Indianapolis. And I'm not surprised that that is the quarterback that they went for schematically because of those physical attributes, because of the athleticism, because of some of that unbelievable explosive ability that we saw from him in college. But at the same time, you don't want to put these guys in harm's way. And we've seen it time and again now with Bryce Young, right, in Carolina, where that O-line is atrocious. And he's getting trucked each and every single play. And it's like, all right, the first time we saw it, if you are a fan of that team, you probably thought, okay, it's nice to know that he can get hit and just bounce back up, right? Because there was so much made about his size and is he going to be able to take a hit in the NFL? At this point, I feel like, we, like we've like we done that <laughs> and like maybe done it a little too much. And so when you have such a shoddy line in front of the quarterback, that's when it gets dicey to me about whether he should be out there for as long, as many reps. Is there a means to try to let that line develop a little bit before you put... The guy you're resting your entire future on out there. There's no easy answer, like you said. I can see this argument going either way.
2: Yeah, it's it, like I said, case by case basis. It depends on the makeo- mental makeup of the individual his resilience level, and how he is able to process information relating to an NFL offense quickly, efficiently, and then execute. If he's not ready to do that, don't put him out there. If he shows you he's ready, he's capable to an extent, get him out there and then use it as a learning experience. I'm shocked. I know the conversation is about Anthony Richardson starting week one. I'm shocked they didn't play him in the second preseason game. Like, are we at a point where he doesn't even need those reps? That's he didn't need feel. two series in preseason game number two. That's, That's just it. They're going to get him out there week one against Jacksonville. I'll lay the points with the Jags. Thank you very yeah. much.
1: Well, you and everybody else. And I don't, I don't fully understand that. I mean, yes, you want to protect your guy. You don't want to risk injury in the preseason. But how after a couple reps or a couple, like, how many snaps did he even take? It was like two series, right? That he took Not in preseason much. game one. How can you be so convinced after basically a quarter of play that he's your starting quarterback and and doesn't need any more preseason reps? Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, we continue on. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app.
0: This is the Joe and Amber Podcast.
1: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh hanging out with you here on Joe and Amber. It is that time where we sound on, sound off.
0: They said it, but what do they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber.
1: Sam Pierce is filling in tonight for James Steele. Hello, Sam. Thank you for missing the company picnic to hang out with us, unlike James.
3: James James is just, just a big me guy. Big me guy, James Steele. That's what he is. But I'm here instead, so you guys are lucky. Here we go. So ESPN's own Stephen A. Smith was on Family Feud with Steve Harvey. He came on the show with his family, which is why his answer to this question from Steve Harvey was a little unexpected. Place you would not want to spend your 100th birthday with relatives.
4: Why are y'all here? (laughs) Clearly when he 100, you don't want to spend (laughs) it with your relatives.
3: Joe, how would you have answered this question on Family Feud?
2: He's a master showman, a master showman to know that answer, to have that ready like that, to get the reaction. And then for Harvey, who's brilliant in his role to play into it as well. That's good TV right there. That's good TV all the way around. It's a funny moment. It's worth playing on this show later in the day. How would I answer that question? One thing I wouldn't want to do when I'm a hundred. Ah, I, I don't have an answer for that. I'd probably just want to be sitting on a beach somewhere, staring at water. That's it. I'm a pretty simple guy. So if I'm being asked to do anything like a surprise party or there's lots of people that would be hell
1: for me yeah that would that sounds awful I that sounds awful at 40 nevertheless yes. at 100 having my loved ones around though at 100 sounds pretty awesome right there's probably like great grandkids involved at that point oh yeah I'm with Joe I feel like I'd want to be sitting somewhere with a nice view not doing much but having some people who love me around but it's the spice of life. I, I think Sam, you're young. The, you, you don't know yet, Sam. But see, you know, that's, true. life is about the simple, thing. the big I things, like the I simple things. I was like this when I was younger. I
2: didn't yeah. like people when I was younger.
3: I, yeah, I, I, I can't stand people. Let's start there, too. Well, there I think 100 is a bit much. Okay, I don't want to live that long. That's really? too much life. No, There's I'm, such I'm thing as it. too much life.
1: No, no. Here's the key. It's not how long you live. It's how healthy you are. If I could be that's 100... True. And feel good, like feel pretty good, you know, for 100 and be relatively healthy, then I'm about it. I'll take yeah. it. To Amber's
2: point, it's not the length of the life, it's the quality of the life. So the more quality years you have, the better. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be 100 and I can't move. What's the point of that?
3: Yeah, if I can't move, if I can, the moment I can't take care of myself anymore, you could pretty much pack me up. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of getting packed up, Bill Belichick is usually not a man of many words or quite frankly, any words. But he had this to say about Taylor Swift on WEEI Radio in Boston.
4: Saw so a little bit of Taylor. Um,
0: mm, that's my guy. We were
4: wondering about that. Yeah. yeah, that was about it.
0: Did you enjoy it?
4: Did you get rained out? Were you at that show? That was pretty impressive. Yeah. She, yeah. Killed it. She's tough, man. She just stood out there <laughs> and played right through it.
3: That's all I needed to hear. Amber, are you buying Belichick as a Swifty?
1: I mean, it's the most enthusiasm we've ever heard from bill belichick and i think maybe the most words i've ever heard him spoken i thought it was interesting that weei said we've been wondering about that like they've been sitting around and wondering bill belichick's thoughts on taylor swift okay uh sure everyone's a swifty these days by the way speaking of 100 sister jean schmidt is 104 years old today she's still crushing it Jeez. At 100, right? Like, she's still got her health. She's still sharp. She's still very sharp. She still Deal goes with her to the every university. March Madness. Every, every single day she still goes to the university, though. Council students, like, sharp as a whip. i definitely live her. to 100 if I could be her.
2: Good for her. Uh, the Belichick thing is interesting. On one hand, it's classic sports talk radio where multiple hosts are just jumping in, talking nonstop at every turn. You can't even get a damn answer out of Belichick. If you play this again, you can hear everyone just stepping all over him. You ask the question, back up, and let them answer the question. You don't need to jump in, and then the other people jump in, and then it's like this whole thing. Like, just have a conversation, one. Number two, I'm telling you, business school should have a class on this tour because this is not your regular music tour for the summer. What she's doing, what they're making, their marketing, their advertising, their merchandising, the way they deliver the product. This thing is like three-plus hours long. I have yet to hear Anybody, anybody have anything legitimately negative to Mm -mm. say about this tour? I've heard that lines are too long for the merchandise. Fine. That's not a legit complaint, though. It's just popularity. You expect that. That's amazing. We live in a world where it's nothing but complainers and people fighting over everything. And this tour is a 100% universal two thumbs up approval rating.
1: I've never seen a tour where people are just outside the stadium. To try to get as close to the concert as they can when they can't actually get into the concert. I mean, I know we do that with sporting events, right? Where there's like the watch parties outside for the people that can't get into, you know, the big sporting event, typically playoffs. We do it for sporting events. I've never seen it done for a concert to that degree. Sure, there's a few people still tailgating in the parking lot, but not like this man. Like there's entire grew like hundreds and thousands of people like outside these concerts just to try to hear the concert that they can't get into. She must be just one heck of a performer. I wouldn't know. Cause I mean, uh, I don't know. I'll catch it. I'm like, surprised. When I, I, I am have documentary on it or something. Like, I'm not spending thousands of dollars on a Taylor Swift ticket.
2: I would have absolutely bet that you would have been at one of those shows this really? summer. Really? You have me uh, as
1: being a Swifty? No.
2: No, not a Swifty, but you do a lot of interesting things. That's you go true. on interesting vacations. You yeah. travel quite a bit. Yeah, I would have figured you were earmarked to go check this out.
1: If there was some way that I could do it more reasonably, then I think I probably that's would not. Have. That's, but it's just the, all that's what everyone so says.
2: Every, oh, if I could go for free and be in a suite and get all the merchandise and food I but want even, without paying Joe, anything, even, like, then I'm even in. Not even
1: free, but like... You know, like that's not the th- game, th- like under a thousand, but black- could not we get the like game. these things are thousands each. It just yeah. seems a little intense. Got to make strong moves. You yeah. got to make strong moves if you want to go to one of those it's things. It's, it's memories.
3: Well, you can see Taylor for less than a thousand each, Amber. Now, it Are may not sure? be an Amber Wilson-esque seat.
1: Are you sure? Well, you that's you definitely not
3: Amber her. Wilson-esque. Well, you know, you it's know. not a box. Amber needs to be <laughs> on
2: the stage.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like $8,000 $8, a piece for the Amber Wilson seat. It seems like
3: a lot. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Messi <laughs> continued his dominance oh, over this the weekend. Died.
1: Speaking of thousands, by <laughs> the way, per <laughs> this ticket. Speaking of thousands
3: per ticket. He continued his dominance over the weekend as he led Inter-Miami to a League Cup championship, including this goal on <laughs> Apple wild.
2: TV. Taylor coming behind as well. Kromasky in the middle. Taylor cutting it to his right, trying to get it to Gromansky.
3: So I actually produced Brayden Gall, who was at the game because he's a, a season ticket holder for I think they played a Tennessee team, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Yeah. He's a season well, ticket holder. He's, yeah.
1: They, well, they, it's not who they played, but it was in that stadium. It was in, in that Nashville. stadium. Yeah. So he
3: had tickets. And he said it's the first time he's been to any event where they fired fireworks and cannons for an away team player hitting <laughs> a goal. He said he's never seen it ever That's in wild. his life. But I say all that to say this, you guys. Is Messi's dominance in the MLS good for the MLS long term, Joe?
2: Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, this is the most I've ever talked about the MLS in my life. I'm, I'm not anti soccer. It's just there's only so much I can consume on a regular basis. But when there's big stories, I'm obviously paying attention. This is a huge story also quietly he scores in every single game he plays you can bet that you can bet he'll score a goal and while the prices are getting high that bet cashes every single time so uh i'm benefiting from that i'm not really seeing a lot of it but i hear a lot about it so obviously i think this is good for mls because if you pay these guys well more and more superstars in the latter stages of their career will want to come over and not like the original version of that in mls where those dudes were washed we're talking about while they can still play which is what we're seeing right now
1: right so Certainly what we're seeing right now, we're also seeing him have a lot of fun doing it. He seems to really, really... Be loving this experience. His teammates, they all have him in the air. He's crowd surfing after winning the championship for the League's Cup. This League's Cup had just been expanded this year. It included all 47 Liga MX and MLS teams. Inter-Miami was the worst team. The worst team in terms of points in the entire MLS. Enter a player. And yes, there was some other pieces there too. But basically, a player Who turns it all around. They go from the worst team to winning the league's cup two months ago, that would have been unfathomable. I've talked a lot more about inner Miami than anybody else because I had a local show on Miami sports radio for so many years. And we had that local show at the inception of inner Miami and Jorge Moss becoming the owner, David Beckham coming the whole thing. Right. So I have spent some time on inner Miami, but very rarely did I ever actually talk about inner Miami in terms of X's and O's. Like every time we talked about inner Miami, it was, you know, the expansion of the MLS, the Beckham angle, all that sort of stuff, the business component of it, but not the actual soccer component of it. Now it's all of it. Because Messi is absolutely bringing that attention to this game. It's unbelievable to watch the impact that one guy with that much greatness can have. I think it's... I, I mean, it couldn't be better, I don't think, for soccer. Even though he's kind of making a mockery here of <laughs> American soccer, I think it elevates the whole product. And what, we're making a,
2: what we're making a mockery of is the fact that somehow he's played, I believe, six games. He's scored in all six games, and none of these are MLS games. Right. I don't know what's happening. Well, He joined an MLS team, he came to America, he plays every night, he scores every night, he wins every night, but none of these are MLS games. Someone please make it make sense.
1: (laughs) Do you have one more quickly, Sam?
3: I do have one more. They will
1: get back to MLS games, by the way, Joe. It just happens to be Just
3: let me know when. (laughs) So so there's been a lot of talk about Russell Wilson this offseason, shocker, and whether he can actually bounce back from such a poor year last year. ESPN NFL analyst Bart Scott was on Get Up earlier, and he didn't sound too optimistic. I believe that people don't know who Russell Wilson is and how to get the best out of him. And I don't think Sean Payton can figure it out in such short order. But Sean Payton's not tied to, to Russell Wilson. I think he's going to go out game five and say, Nathaniel Hackett, I'm sorry. He's worse than I
2: thought
0: he was.
3: Real quick, will Sean Payton be apologizing to Nathaniel Hackett, Amber?
1: Bart used that same line with me on First Take on Friday when we discussed this, (laughs) and Bart and I were arguing about this. I do think that Russell Wilson will be better under Sean Payton, also in part because I don't think it can get any worse, and it's a guy who I think was a future Hall of Fame quarterback when we were talking about the career he had for a decade in Seattle. Joe, I'm not saying that he's going to be 2018 Russell Wilson ever again, but I do think he will be better.
2: I was under the impression that this was going to be a much better season this year. And then I watched some of this, this preseason. He's, he looks super thick. He looks super slow. He doesn't look mobile. He doesn't look elusive. That's what made him Russell Wilson. Like, he was able to buy extra time for the receivers to get open down the field. If he can't do that, he's not going to be any good. So, no, he's not going to be apologizing to Nathaniel Hackett, but I also don't think it's going to go all that well. I'm changing my original opinion.
1: To be clear, they could go 0-18, and and Sean Payton ain't apologizing to Nathaniel Hackett. Coming up next, it is time for you to weigh in. Join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Triple 8, say ESPN. We open up the phone lines to you, 888-729-3776.
0: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
1: During the commercial break, Joe was trying to give me an update on Josh Jacobs, and we are going to get to Josh Jacobs in a moment. And I was tuning you out, which I mean, not the first time I've ever done that in a commercial break. But I had to ask you to repeat yourself because I was watching once again the trailer for Swamp Kings. Because he comes out tomorrow, I believe, which is the Netflix documentary on the Florida Gators National Championship Ah. football team with Tim Tebow and all of that. I got invited by Brandon Seiler. Shout out to Brandon Seiler to the Netflix premiere of Swamp Kings tomorrow. I can't go. Where's it taking place in Orlando? Because, you know, I'm doing this show with you in Orlando.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Have you never taken an off day before?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm already taking off Thursday and Friday as well. Oh, it's, uh, boy, it's did birthday. that turn fast. fast. I know. It's a whole thing. I know. Go. I can't
2: uh, go. Taking off day. I'm already taking a bunch of them. <laughs> That's okay.
1: So that's the problem there. But I cannot get enough of this trailer for Swamp Kings. I'm very oh, excited awesome. about this. It should be so, so good. So good. Who's uh,
2: on that team? For those at home that might not be aware, Tebow was on that team. Correct. Percy Harbin. Harbin. Where, where, where are you going
1: with us? Where are you going? Where are I'm you just, going? How long I'm until tr- you get to Aaron Hernandez? How long? Well, I
2: mean, you okay. want to you want to lay out just how many people <laughs> people are familiar with that are on that team because that's what's going to make this documentary great. Yeah, Like, they're not doing a documentary on a Notre Dame team from three years ago because no one cares about that team. Right, But, like, right now, that, it's, that Florida team, people forget how many big names
1: were on that. Huge names on that team, but then also you do have the Aaron Hernandez component. You have Tim Tebow there to offset that. That's a strange dynamic. You have Urban Meyer. <laughs> as well, obviously, as the coach of that team. So it will be very, a very, very interesting watch. There were a lot of varying personalities on that team, a lot of controversy on that team, and boy, was that team good. Uh. I miss uh, not everything about that team, but I do miss those days. I do. (laughs) I do miss the national championships. Those years were good to me. I was still in Gainesville. I was covering that team for TV 20 in Gainesville. I was on the field when Tim Tebow got to hoist that trophy. It was a beautiful time in my life. This, though, is also a beautiful time in my life. Joe, we're going to get to your phone calls in just a moment. If you want to chime in, triple eight, say ESPN, Josh Jacobs. Give me an update.
2: I'm going to give you an update in just a second, but because Jacobs is located here in Las Vegas, I want to throw something out there. It is clear the shelters month around the entire country, a big push by all SPCA organizations and animal shelters to get some of these these pets homes. And right here, my wife and I have an affiliation with the Nevada SPCA. We've been talking about this on daily wager here, specifically in Las Vegas. It runs till September 4th. Uh, all adoption fees are waived. So if you're interested in a dog cat, they got Guinea pigs down there, all that stuff. Just keep that in mind for right now, because these shelters are starting to fill up. Thank you for the opportunity. Adopt, to say that. Don't
1: shop. I Thank- have adopted my babies, my, my dogs. It is the best, one of the best decisions I have ever made in my life.
2: Completely agree. Completely agree. So thank you for everyone for listening for that. Thank you for passing on the message. Thank you for everyone here for giving me an opportunity to get that out there. Uh, The update on Josh Jacobs, a report from earlier today, Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Running back Josh Jacobs expected to return to the Las Vegas Raiders before the team's season opener against the Denver Broncos on September 10th. The 25-year-old has been away from the team since he and the Raiders couldn't agree on a long-term contract before the July 17th franchise tag deadline. So he would have to come in, he would have to sign the franchise tag for 10.1 1 million then he would have his contract for the year fully guaranteed and he could play for the Raiders and this is what just about everyone expected because if you don't sign that tender you're not getting paid and I'm right. sure Jacobs wants his money can't yeah. blame him
1: you would think that he wants the 10 million dollars so he's just taking his time not dealing with training camp and showing up now when he feels like it to get that money let's play some collar roulette
0: 13 black odd no winner spin the wheel make a deal It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with
1: Joe and Amber. mordecai mordecai is calling us from north carolina hey mordecai thanks for the call again i heard you calling this weekend when my guy jonathan Zazlow was on the radio as well so you have been calling all over the place we appreciate you what do you have
4: oh you heard that huh Yeah, you heard that okay <laughs> well um what i'd like to say uh what i'd like to say this time is um and you all touched on at the last uh, brief segment jonathan taylor i think the uh, best landing spot at this point for Jonathan Taylor would be with the Denver Broncos. I think that would be a fantastic land, uh, landing spot. I um, uh, running backs don't seem to be anathema to Sean Payton, so I think uh, I think that would work well with the way Sean Payton likes to run his offense. In addition to um, helping out uh, Russell Wilson, so that's my feeling on that.
1: Thanks Mordecai I don't have it in front of me Joe What their situation is in terms of the cap. 6.8 I, million, 23rd in the
2: NFL. So they got some space, but there are 22 teams with more money. But As then for what the art. Javante Williams is coming back from injury. Uh, they yeah. did see some action in preseason game number two, which was awesome, considering that knee injury he sustained last year.
1: Well, and I wonder what that cap looks like too moving forward because of what you paid Russell Wilson there yeah. in, in Denver. Contract. There will be teams. There will be teams that will certainly be calling. We know the Miami Dolphins are one of those teams. There will be teams that will be certainly calling the front off there in Indianapolis. We'll see if any of it actually results in a trade.
0: This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80, or
2: on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.